Amen and good morning. Welcome to worship on this beautiful Sunday morning. It is wonderful to see you all here this morning. And to those who are joining with us online, welcome and good morning. Now, I do have one very important announcement for you. And by the way, while I'm talking, Rob, I think you're right. Could you turn all the volume, (laughs) the main volume down a little bit? Uh, It's great having Rob here right now. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. So uh, I will turn that down just a little bit because let's just face it, I'm loud on my own. But next week is Rally Day. Now, Rally Day, the dogs are going to talk about it a little bit as well, so I don't want to spoil all of their announcements for the children's moment. But Rally Day is coming up next Sunday. It's at 10 a.m., so now is where you need to start paying really good attention. Rally Day is going to be at 10 a.m. next week, which means worship's at what time? 10 a.m. next week. However, the following week, we're going to go back to two services. So I need to make sure that the Zionite's going out late for a reason this month because consistory's meeting early. We're going to meet on Tuesday. We're going to discuss everything. So I need to make sure that you are paying attention to any church emails that come out or any church newsletters that come out. Pay attention to all of that so you're not really confused as to why you get to church and church is halfway done or it hasn't even begun yet or anything like that. So just pay attention. So next week we're worshiping at 10 o'clock. The following week, it will probably be at 9 and 11. Probably. Like I said, pay attention, okay? That's my big announcement for all of you. If anybody else has any announcements, you can come forward at this time. Ooh, look at all these announcements. Good morning. A couple of weeks ago, a group of us took a cruise on the Lockport Canal, and uh, Ken McDonald was kind enough to take pictures, and they're out on the bulletin board on your way in or your way out. So take a look. We had a great time. The weather was great, and we had about 28 people go. Good morning. Well, welcome back to fall, and one of our annual events that we have participated in over the years is the Crop Walk, which will be held this year on October 2nd. There will be a lot more information coming out in the Zionite so that you can read all about it. If you are interested in being part of our team to walk, you can see me, or you can sign up, and the web address will be in the Zionite. Um, If you don't want to walk and you want to contribute, you can also contribute either by giving your donation to me or you can do that online also. So I will be reminding you each Sunday until October 2nd, so I hope that we'll have lots of participation and be able to raise lots of money this year. Thanks. Good morning. I have an announcement from the PBJs, P being pastor, B being Brianna, who's not here, and three of the four Js standing in front of you. Um, So as you know, we had our chicken barbecue fundraiser uh, a couple weeks ago, and you might recall that we fell a little bit short of our original goal. We had committed to 350 chicken dinners, um, but I will say that due to the generosity and the kindness of this church, as of last Sunday, we sold some additional dinners. 
Uh, and we actually sold all but 21 dinners. The remaining dinners were all don donated to those in need. So it really was a great success. Um, with that said, um, I wanted to share with you a few numbers because you're probably curious about our end results. Um, with the event, um, we had, in addition to the sale of the chicken dinners, we also had uh, baked goods, um, and half of the baked good donations um, were $123, uh, which is baked goods and, and drinks. Um, we also had um, very generous uh, just donations in general, folks that just came up to the table and donated of $134. Um, our total net result um, was $1,149.66, but hold your applause for just a second, because in addition to that, due to a very generous donation from one of our members, uh, this individual was able to raise us to the, the amount from our previous event. Uh, our now new net proceed from the event is $1,531.56. And, and I'd really just like to say thank you so much. Um, I know I've said this before, but obviously any time that we have an event, we can't do that without the generosity and the support of so many people um, that not only helped with the setup, with the teardown, with the organizing of the meals and the running. Um, it was really a great event, and thank you so much for your support. Uh, let's continue the, the, uh, that going forward. Thank you. And can we say a huge thank you to these guys as well and their team? Amazing. I know that they pour their hearts into everything that they do, and we know it, and we are so thankful, and so just a huge thank you. Ooh. And apparently I cannot stand there. And <laughs> if that is all of our announcements, then friends, the peace of Christ be with you all. And let us sit, stay where we are and greet one another and turn around also and wave good morning to everybody online. Good morning, everyone. And now let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning. On this day, Lord, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit, bless us with your power, bless us with your peace as we worship you this morning. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Please stand with us and sing. And all of you is more than enough for all of me. For every thirst and every need, you satisfy me with your love. And all I have in you is more than enough. You're my supply, my breath of love. Still more awesome than I know. You're my reward worth living for. Still more awesome than I know. And all of you is more than enough for all of me. For every thirst and every need, you satisfy me with your love. And all 
You're my sacrifice of greatest price, still more awesome than I know. You're my coming King, you are everything, still more awesome than I know. Now, friends, it's time for us to light our peace candle. Now, this is something that we've all been praying for lately more than even before. It seems as though there's always so much need for peace. We're praying for peace in Afghanistan. We're praying for peace for all soldiers. We are praying for peace for everyone who's been torn apart in one way or another. We are praying for peace in our own lives and our own community We are praying for peace, and we need to pray for peace. Friends, I'm just thinking about all the hearts that are broken today, all the people who are worried today, especially given the current situations. I mean, not only do we have Afghanistan, but then we also have these hurricanes, and there are so many people who are in need of peace. So will you join your hearts with mine now, friends? And let's pray. Just pour our, our prayers together. Put your heart into this. This isn't just a close your eyes and, and bow your head kind of a moment. But I, I really need you, friends, to just pray with me with all of your heart. Add prayers in your own mind. Lift up these prayers to God because the Lord knows that we need peace. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, we turn to you with all of our hearts. We turn to you with all that we are. We turn to you this morning, Lord, and we ask and we beg for peace. We pray for peace in Afghanistan. We pray for peace in the places that have been devastated by hurricanes and natural disasters. We pray for peace for soldiers and for their families. We pray for peace for everyone in this community and this world. We pray for peace, Lord, today. Lord, our hearts are aching when we turn on the news. So, Lord, please let there be peace on earth. Inspire peace in this earth. Help us, Lord, to be agents of your peace. We pray, Lord, with all that we are for peace on earth. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Secret that I need to tell you right now. 
Oh, brother, I hope that no adults are listening. We made this video kid-only on YouTube, right? Kids, this is really important. It's also so important that it's a big secret. The secret is that next week is Rally Day. Um, Bernie, that's not a secret. But it's all for the kids. So I thought that this was a secret from the adults. Oh, little brother, Rally Day isn't just for kids. And it's not a secret from adults. How do you think the kids would get here if their parents didn't drive them? Um, I didn't think about that. So if Rally Day isn't just for the kids, and it isn't a secret, then why is it so important, and why is it called Rally Day? You know what? Before I tell you, why don't we invite our new friend, Bruley? She's a two-year-old pup like you, Bernie, and she'll want to know all about Rally Day. Of course you do, Bruley. See, Rally Day is the kickoff to the new Sunday school year. So... No, Bernie. It's not only for kids. Adults get to come, too. Rally Day starts off with a really important event called a backpack blessing. Ooh! Can I bring my backpack filled with all of my toys? Of course, little buddy. But the kids are all invited to bring their backpacks, and all of the adults and the kids are going to bless those backpacks. And the kids are going to get something special to put on their backpacks to remind them all year long that God is with them. And then, after the big blessing, the kids head off to their classes for Sunday school, and all of the teachers are coming back this year, so they're really excited to see these kids. So it is just for kids. No, no, brother. Then the adults will stay here, or hopefully outside, to worship. And then everyone is going to get together for a great big group picture outside. And then we're going to have hot dogs and chips and some tasty food out here for a picnic. I love hot dogs! So do I. So everyone gets to stay for the picnic? Not just the kids? You've got it, brother. Everyone gets to stay for the picnic. So far, the weather looks nice for next Sunday, better than today. So both worship and the picnic will be outside. That sounds like so much fun. Yes, it does. Okay, kids, so it's not a secret, which means go tell everyone! Next Sunday at 10 a.m., bring your backpacks to church for a backpack blessing. Then, kick off Sunday school, and after church, we're gonna have a picnic party! Yay! Spread the word, kids, and we'll see you and all of your friends next week. Bye, kids! See you at Rally Day! Good morning. Please join with me in the litany. Out of the depths I cry to you, O God. 
God, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Out of the depths I cry to you, O God. There is forgiveness with you, and I wait for you, O God. My soul waits for you. Out of the depths I cry to you, O God. In your words I hope. My soul waits for you, God, more than those who watch for the morning. Out of the depths I cry to you, O God. Amen. soon 
Amen. And now we are inside today, so you can open up your pew Bibles. You can open up to James chapter 1, or if you've got an app on your phone, that's what I was using the whole time we were outside, easier than navigating a book with some wind. And so if you want to open up James chapter 1, the only thing I'm going to ask is that you leave it open. Today's sermon is a little bit more of a Bible study than it is a sermon, so you're going to keep your Bibles open. Anybody who was with Bible study with us, or in Bible study with us this week? week for James, you know that we covered the first and the second chapter, and it took a whole hour long. So God bless you for hanging out with me for an hour. But I promise this is not going to take an hour. I've just kind of chosen only a few verses that I think we really need to talk about today, and I will not preach to you for an hour the same way that I talk to our Bible studiers for an hour. So you are safe, no worries. So I need you to open up your Bibles to James chapter 1, and then after we're done, try to remember instead of closing them and putting them away. Just keep it open. Keep it on your lap. You're probably going to want it with you. And so we're going to start. We are just going to read through the entire first chapter of James. Now, I also need to tell you that this is actually last Sunday's lectionary, and this Sunday's lectionary is actually James chapter 2. In the sermon, we're going to touch on James chapter 2 a little bit, but we are going to just read all of James chapter 1 for the moment. So with all of that said, if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Starting with verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let that endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to you. Ask in faith, never doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For the doubter, being double-minded and unstable in every way, must not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Let the believer who is lowly boast in being raised up, and let the rich in being brought low, because the rich will disappear like a flower in the field. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers in the field, and its flowers fall, and the, its beauty perishes. It, it, is, it is the same way for the rich. In the midst of a busy life, they wither away. Blessed is anyone who endures temptation." Such a one has stood the test and will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. No one 
who, tempt, who, when tempted, should say, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But one is tempted by one's own desire, being lured and enticed by it. And then when that desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And that sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Do not be deceived, my beloved. For every generous act of giving, with every perfect gift, is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would become the kind of first fruits of his creatures. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to anger. For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourself of all swordness and rank growth and wickedness and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. Be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror, for they look at themselves and on going away immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think that they are religious and do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Whatever you need to do, Lord, do it in me. 
be the same again and I will never be the same again. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning, Lord, and we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit. Bless us with your power. Bless us with your truth this morning as we worship you. Lord, we just ask that you be with us, that you bless us, that you bless not only the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds, but you bless us so that we fully understand what it is you call us to do in this world, so that we can go out into the world and be your instruments, your instruments of peace, your instruments of love. Lord, we ask that you bless us in this moment. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. So I was driving to church during the week the other day, and as I was driving, I went by another church. I passed, I I think, just three churches on one road on my way uh, to church as I'm leaving my house. And as I passed by one of the churches, they had this saying up on their sign. I'll read it in case some of you can't see it too well. And this saying up on the sign said, Come as you are, you can change inside. Now, I had two thoughts as I read this sign saying that that was up in in this mainline Protestant church. Now, the first thought that I had was, I don't know if that's the best way to get people to come in and to sit in the pews. I'm not sure that that's always going to get people in, especially given how some churches like really want you to not be who you are, but they want to change you in different ways. I think that some people have some wariness when it comes to church that way. So at first, my first thought was, yes, I agree. However, I'm not sure I would put that on our sign out there for visitors to see because I'm afraid that it might scare them away. That was thought number one. Thought number two that I had was, but it's true. It is true. When we come into these doors, we don't want to leave the same people we were when we came in, do we? We don't want to come in here and just, you know, hear some words and sing some songs and then get up and go on our merry way as if nothing's been changed within us. When we come in here and you guys can, you know, nod and, or say amen if you're agreeing with me right now, but when we come into this church and, and we sit in these pews, Our goal is to learn something, right? Like we want to learn something so that then we can be built up a little bit in our faith so then we can go out there and handle this chaotic world. Am I right? Give me an amen, anybody? Okay, I had a week off from preaching, so you know I need a little bit of amens or something right here to, to get me excited about this. So that was my second thought. My second thought was, it's true. That's the whole point. And here's the thing. I love how everything always comes together. In our letter of James, because I just saw this sign this week, and in our letter of James, what he's talking about, not only in this chapter, but in the entire letter, is about how, as people of faith, we need to be changed. As people of faith, we can't just be the same people today that we were yesterday, and we can't be the same people tomorrow that we were today. Instead, we need to grow. We need to evolve. We need to become better versions of ourselves as we make our way through the journey of faith. But here's the thing. James wrote this letter, and this letter, written by James, the brother of Jesus. Now, our Catholic friends, they're going to say the cousin of Jesus. That's okay. Uh, In the Protestant tradition, we usually assume that, yes, that brother does mean brother. But if you think cousin, that's okay. I'm not going to push you on that. 
James, who calls himself the brother of Jesus, he writes this letter, and this letter was written to go from one church to another to another. It was meant to circulate from church to church to church, because what would happen is a church would receive this letter that came from the apostle James, and they would receive this letter, and then somebody would get up in front of the whole church, and they would read this letter out loud, and after they had read it and understood it, then it would get passed to the next church. Somebody else would read it at a different church, and then they'd do the same thing. And every Everybody would have a chance to read this letter. And James wrote this letter for one purpose. He wrote this letter because churches were becoming stagnant. That people, even at the time of the early church, there were people in the early church who were choosing to follow Christ and they were stepping into a faith and yet they were not being changed at all. There were people who came into a church greedy, and you know what? A year later, they were just as greedy as they had been before. (laughs) There were people who came into a church selfish, and you know what? A year later, they were just as selfish as they were before. You can insert any word into that. There were people who were coming into the church or churches, let's say Big C Church, into the church universal. They were coming into the church, and they weren't being changed because they were just staying exactly how they thought that they should. They were staying exactly how they felt comfortable, and that is what got under James's little feathers there, and he got a little upset and wrote this letter because he didn't want that to be the case. Because James said that we can't just say we are sealed with the mark of Christ and say we can live our lives however we want. James didn't like that. He's like, you can't just say, oh, I'm sealed with the mark of Christ. I am saved. I don't need to do a single thing. I have faith. That's all I need. I don't need to treat other people kindly. I don't need to be loving. I don't need to do any of those things that Jesus actually taught me to do. I just believe, and so I am saved. And James is like, it really doesn't work out that way. (laughs) That's not how it works. And so this whole entire letter, which I encourage you to go home and read, this whole entire letter is encouraging us as people of faith. Yes, it was written a long time ago for churches then, but it applies to us today. This whole entire letter is to get us to engage in our faith, to own our faith, and to be changed by our faith. Give me a little wave of your hand if anybody here wants to be changed by their faith. Anybody? Yeah? Give me another raise of of your hand if anybody thinks that they've got this Christianity thing down perfectly. Anybody like sitting on their hands at this moment? I see a jokester back there. But anybody sitting on their hands? Now, I'm going to tell you, this, whenever this comes up in the lectionary, and that's why it came up last week, but I am going to preach on it. One of the reasons why is because one of my favorite accountability verses, an accountability verse is a verse that I use to hold me accountable. Do you have any of those verses? If not, you're going to after today. But uh, I have accountability verses, one in particular, and it happens to be in our reading today. Some of you can already guess what verse that is right now, but I have an accountability verse that I read and I recite in my head over and over and over again. So if you don't have your Bibles open, Open them up, James chapter 1, because we're going to do some walking through a couple things. Here is my accountability verse. Anybody want to shout out what verse number this is? Nope. Close. (laughs) Points for trying. Anybody think that they know what, what verse number this is? Have you got your Bibles open? 19, I heard it back there. Verse 19. This is my accountability verse. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you need this accountability verse too. Maybe this is how you need to grow as well. I'm going to tell you this is my accountability verse. I, there's a chance I might just go around my house and on every single mirror in my house, and my house was built in the 80s, and there's a lot of mirrors in my house. <laughs> 
that our closets all mirrors. And I oddly, maybe it's because I, I grew up in the 80s, I kind of like it. I don't think it's too tacky. I'm going to keep it. I'm not going to change it. There's a lot of mirrors in our house. I have genuinely thought about writing this on every single mirror in my house, and I'm telling you, there's a lot. And not just for anybody else, but for me, because I need this verse to hold me accountable. Listen to this verse. This verse, you might need to, remember, to memorize it too. My beloved, by the way, I love how James is about to say something really tough, and he starts off by saying, my beloved. I'm about to give you some really hard words. Let me first remind you that you're loved. I love that. He says, my beloved, let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, (laughs) and slow to anger. For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Now, I promise the reason that this is my accountability verse is not because of the slow to speak part when God knows I talk way too fast. That's not even the reason for this to be my accountability verse. I'm going to be honest with you because if we want to grow in our Christian faith, we all need to be honest. There's no benefit to ever pretending that we're somebody that we're not. Do you hear me, friends? We all need to be completely honest. I will always be completely honest with you. If you need to know something about me, I will answer you honestly because I think that it's important for us to be honest, if we are going to grow in our faith and grow in the way that we live, this is my accountability verse. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Now let's first think about that first part, be quick to listen. Now you can ask my family how great I am at listening. Maybe if you come in and you sit with me in my office, when it's an office again, yes, I can listen to you well if I give you my full attention. If I'm at home and and my little ADHD brain is paying attention to something else, and my family wants me to know something, and they're trying to get my attention, I will tell you it is nearly impossible. I will hear what they say, but not actually hear what they say. Why do you think this is one of my accountability verses? With my family, I need to learn to be quick to listen. I also love this slow to speak part, because do you know, I, I don't get myself into trouble much. I used to always joke that that was the job of two of my three brothers. They got in trouble all the time. So my other brother and I, we didn't get in trouble at all. We were kind of like, okay, we did get in trouble sometimes when we were teenagers, honesty. But after we hit like 20 years old, we never got into trouble again. The other two were a little bit different. But when we think about being, you know, slow to speak, I realized that even though I was never one to get into too much trouble, do you know how I get myself into trouble? It's with my words. (laughs) The way that, yeah, it's you too. The way that I get myself into trouble is when I say something when I should have just kept my lips zipped. I remember once having a friend, I said something to them and I thought that it was supportive words. And she looked at me and she said, Elizabeth, if you had said that to me two years ago, I would have punched you in the face (laughs) because I was being, I was not being slow to speak. I just quickly said whatever I thought I should say. And it came out of my mouth. And you know what? Those words that I said actually hurt her. She had only grown enough. And I love that she was able to let me know that those words had hurt her. The only time that I get myself into trouble, I think as an adult, is when I am not slow to speak. When I say something and those words come out, especially those words that come out without really thinking. And you know the words that come out that do the most danger are the words that are rooted in anger. Anybody here ever say something when you're a little bit angry and you regret it a little bit later? Maybe this isn't only my accountability verse. Maybe this is all of our accountability verse. 
It is, but especially this one. There's some, some people, I think some people might be like so calm and cool and collected and they never get angry. I think that there are people like that. People like that do exist. I wish I was one of those people because I'm not comfortable with the emotion of anger. I'm not comfortable with it at all. But you know what? There are times when I get angry and the times that I regret in life are the times when I get angry. This is why this is my accountability verse. I don't want to be the same in 10 years that I am today. I'm giving myself a big gap there. I don't want to be the same when I am 47 as I am right now when I am 37. I want to be a better version of myself in 10 years. Anybody else want to be a better version of themselves in 10 years? I also want to be a better follower of Christ in 10 years. I w- <laughs> What did you say, Dave? I just want to be alive. I- <laughs> Oh, Dave, you crack me up. <laughs> Levity is a good thing. So I know that in 10 years, I don't only want to be a better version of myself as a person, but I also want to be a better version of myself as a Christian and as a pastor. I think that you guys feel the same way. This verse, I will tell you whenever I get angry. I'm going to be honest. Normally when I get angry, it has to do with two little humans who live in my house, and they're usually not doing something fast enough. I'm going to be honest. Usually when I get angry, it has to do with little humans who I created, who I love more than life itself. But you know what? Sometimes they can push my buttons. And so that's when I get angry, but I'm learning. As I'm growing, by the way, I'm learning to identify when I get to the point when I'm going to get angry and I say, hey kids, I'm kind of like getting close to losing it. (laughs) I'm going to give you this warning. I'm I'm getting there. You might want to heed this warning at this moment so that you don't push my buttons a little bit more. But that's also part of the progression when we learn to say, okay, I'm about to get angry. I can feel that anxiety in me. I can feel them not doing the things that they're supposed to be doing and it making me angry. But instead of losing my temper sometimes, I still do, I'm going to be honest, instead of losing my temper sometimes, I'm able to take a deep breath and say, hey, kids, you're getting really close. We're really close to hitting those buttons right there. And they're learning, oh, okay. There are ways that we can learn to be slower to anger. And every time that I end up losing my temper in any way whatsoever, I realize what James says there. My anger does not produce God's righteousness. My anger does not produce God's righteousness. Can anybody say amen and own that on themselves a little bit too or give me a wave of the hand? Okay, I, don't, I didn't think I was alone with this one. All right, let's look at the next verse. I told you that this was going to be a bit of a Bible study today. The next verse that I want to focus on, I won't make you guess what this is. This is verse 22. If you go down just a little bit lower in this first chapter and look at verse 22, you're going to come across this. It says, Be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. Ooh, I love this. Be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. Now, here's the thing. When we come to church on Sunday morning and you listen to the pastor talk and and all of this stuff, do you know what the whole point of the sermon is? The whole point of the sermon is for us to kind of digest what we just read together. The whole, that's why I'm okay. If you ever need to say something back, that's okay. You might have some wisdom. The whole point of the sermon is for us to digest what we just read together, to kind of ruminate over it a little bit. So then when we leave this place, we have a new understanding. We have something to work on for the week. And I don't know about you, but I like having something to work on for the week. And so we, it gives us something to ruminate over. And so that's why we don't want to 
just hear the word, but we really want to digest it a little bit, and we want to ruminate it over it a little bit, so that then we can go out into this world so we are not hearers who deceive themselves. Basically, we should not just Uh, just preach something, but we should practice what we preach. All of us, we need to take what we hear, take what we read, and put that into action. But before I go on even more, I want to pause on just one single word that we're reading right here. It says, be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. The word, when we look in the Bible and we read about the word of God, when after we read our text and we say the word of God for the people of God, what is the word? Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Jesus is the word of God. So when we look in a text, whether it's New Testament, Old Testament, anything, when we look at a text, we're looking for the word of God. We are looking for the word of Jesus. We are looking for the wisdom of Jesus. We are looking for the power of the Holy Spirit. We are looking for the word. And then we want to hear that word. We want to hear the word and we want it to come into our hearts and change us. If you ever feel moved when you're hearing something or reading something or singing something, when you feel moved, hold on to that feeling. That's the word working inside of you. Do you hear me, friends? Don't just push it by, even if it's a heavy feeling, even if you start to cry. I know sometimes people start to cry in worship. That happens sometimes. Hold on to that emotion because it's doing something inside of you. We need to hear the word, the word of God, the word of Jesus, the wisdom that comes down from God. We need to hear the word. We We need to understand it as best as we can, and then we need to go out there and be doers of the word. I know I've told you this story before, but there's a person who's connected to our church. I'm going to tell you again. There's a person who's connected to our church who was once uh, driving in a snowstorm, and there was an icy part of the road. They were getting off an exit, and there was an icy part of the road, and so they slipped, and as they slipped, they kind of like crashed into a snowbank, and then the car behind them came up and did, you know, the same exact thing, because it was an icy spot in the road, and that person did the same thing, and they slipped on the road, and they ended up kind of like crashing into the same snowbank, maybe bumping into that car a little bit. Not much for damage, though, but then the second person who crashed got out of the car all angry because our anger does not produce God's righteousness. Remember that. The person got out of the car all angry and they go to the person who was the first one to slide into the snowbank and they look at them and they say, you made me slip into this snowbank. (laughs) You made me. It's like, oh my goodness, what are we, toddlers here? You made me slip into the snowbank. And then he was all angry because do you know what he was late for? Choir practice. Yep, you guys are right. That does not make us Christians look like doers of the word. If we go out into this world and we act like terrible people, what does that do for the church universal? What does that do to the name of Christ? If we bear a cross, anybody else wearing a cross on them? I've got mine tucked in here somewhere. There's too much stuff uh, right here. If you guys have a cross on you, you know, I always notice people when they're wearing crosses. Every single time, it's like my mind's like drawn to it. If you're wearing a cross, by the way, I'm going to make sure you're acting like a Christian. I, I'm just going to tell you the truth. If somebody's wearing a cross and they're not acting like a Christian, it's like, oh man, go back home, go back to bed and get some more sleep and come out into the world and try it again a better day. You know, like we, if we are wearing these that mark us with the seal of Christ, that show that we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, we need to go out there and 
into the world, and we need to be doers. And now, I told you I wasn't going to talk for an hour, but I really like this text, so I need to go on. So one more thing that we're going to look at, because I have to wrap this up. So one more thing that we're going to look up, uh, that we're going to look at, actually comes from the second chapter. I told you I was going to tie in the second chapter of James. Now, before I do this, what we're about to read is the reason why Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King Jr., but Martin Luther, who started the Reformation, why he called the epistle of James the epistle of straw. Has anybody heard that, that Martin Luther called this the epistle of straw? And I'm talking about Martin Luther, who started the Reformation. The reason why is because in the Catholic Church at the time, there was sale of indulgences, and people thought that, that all that they needed to do was pay to have their sins removed. And they considered that work. If they were giving of their money, then their sins could be removed, and they didn't need to act as people of faith. And, and so Martin Luther didn't like that. He's like, no, faith is important. Faith is important. So he ended up reading this part of James, and he kind of like pushed the book aside, which is terrible because it's an amazing book with so much power and so much inspiration and he just didn't fully understand it enough but let's look at at what this says in james chapter 2 it says what good is it my brothers and sisters if you say you have faith but do not have works can faith save you if a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace and keep warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Our faith that lives within us. Give me a little, I, I, just give me a nod of the head if you're like, yes, I believe. Give me a nod of your head if you're like, yes, I believe. I have faith. I believe in God. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Give me a, I'm not, come on, keep nodding your heads. I know you feel like a bobblehead, but just do it for a second. If we have faith, but our works, our actions, what we do, not just here in this church, but also out there in the world, and, oh, by the way, and online in the internet world, I'm going to add that there too, if the way that we act out there in the world does not reflect our faith, James would say that our faith is essentially dead. Now, I want to think about this. You know, he says, faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Now, I want us to flip that around so we can understand it even better. Let's flip it around just the other way. Faith with works is what makes the church alive and real. That's what I was thinking about as I was thinking about how do we flip this around and also make this a positive statement. When we have good works and our good works are because of our faith, when we have good works and we have faith, then it helps to make the spirit within us alive and well and it helps to make the church alive and well. Do you realize that? Nobody wants to go to a stagnant church like some of the churches that James was writing to. People want to go to churches that are alive and well because that's what really matters. Nobody wants to be face-to-face with a stagnant Christian who isn't doing anything, but we want to be face-to-face with Christians who have the Holy Spirit alive within them, and then they're willing to go out and do good works in this world. That's what it means to be a follower of Christ. We don't just believe, but we also want to go out into the world, and we want to do good works. Anybody want to do good works out there in the world? Yes! Okay, I have more energy than all of us combined, possibly, at this moment. We want to go out there into this world, and do good works. 
That's what we are called to do. I'm just going to tell you one more thing before wrapping this up. Last week, I I chimed in just a few minutes late for the service, caught everything but the announcements, I think. And last week when I chimed in, I was listening to Pastor Pierre, and he was talking about our foundations. And he said that if a, a house foundation is unstable, then it can crumble and fall. And he said our foundations, if our foundation is unstable, then we can crumble and fall. So I was thinking, how can we make sure our foundation of faith, faith and work together. How can we make sure that our foundation is strong, as he was saying? And you know one thing I think we can do is we can read through this James chapter 1 and chapter 2, and you can even keep on reading. So the last thing I'm going to ask of you today, because I want us to really take our faith into action, when you go home this week, please read this over again. When you go home this week, read James chapter 1. Maybe keep on reading for the other chapters. See if you have an accountability verse in there. I will tell you mine is James chapter 1 verse 19. Read through James or somewhere else. Find your own accountability verse because that accountability verse will help you to firm up your foundation of faith and that will help you to be a better Christian in this world. So go home, search for an accountability verse. Let's hold ourselves accountable so that we are not like people with faith without works. We are not like a stagnant church, but so that we can have the word of God, the spirit of God grow within us and we can go out there in the world and do the work of God. Anybody want to do that? Okay, let's pray. Holy and loving God, we turn to you today, Lord. And Lord, we confess that we have work to do. We confess that we have so much work to do that we are far from being the Christians that you call us to be. Help us, Lord. Hold us accountable. Help us to be the Christians you call us to be. Help us to be better versions of ourselves. Help us to be better followers of Christ. Lord, we know that with your wisdom, you say, ask and we shall receive. And we know that, Lord, you will help us get get there. So bless us, Lord. Bless us with your faithfulness. Bless us with your power. Bless us with your power to do good works in this world. And we pray this all through Christ Jesus. And together we say, amen. Now is the time to continue our worship with our offerings. You may also continue to give online.
Let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Come you who are weary and restless. Come all who hunger and thirst. We are ready. Creating God, source of all our being in all the earth, we thank you and we praise you for the gift of life. We thank you for calling us to obedience and for sending us Jesus to show us how to live. Jesus, our Savior, we praise you for the glory of redemption. It was you who suffered the world's pain so that we may live. We celebrate the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, who carries us through life with the love and the strength of the Lord, and we join in your unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We gratefully recall and remember Christ's birth as one of us, Christ's baptism for our sin, Christ's compassion for our suffering, Christ's intimacy with our frailty, Christ bearing the cross with its death, and Christ rising from the tomb by the power of God. It was Jesus who took the bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, Jesus also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And so we affirm the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Consecrate, therefore, by your Holy Spirit these gifts of bread and wine. Bless us that as we receive them, we may offer you our faith and our praise. We may be united with Christ and with one another, and we may be strengthened by the Holy Spirit to continue faithfully as disciples in your world. And let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Through the broken bread we participate in the body of Christ. Through the cup of blessing we participate in the newness of life. Come, for all things are now ready. 
Mr. McDonald will invite your aisle to come forward when it's time. There's a table in your presence where the weary Table now we come 
Let us pray together. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Strengthen us in faith. Increase our love for one another. And let us show the world your greatness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in the unity with the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.
Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering, though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Give and take away, give and take away, my heart will choose to say, blessed be your name, give and take away. You give and take away, my heart will choose to say, but blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name, blessed be your glorious name, blessed be your glorious name. Amen. And go forth with the blessing of God. Go forth with the love of Christ living inside of you. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all.